What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you are new here, welcome. I am so excited to have you. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey. Hey boy, hey. Y'all already know what to do. Okay, I'm excited to have you back listening to another episode of Manifest Daily. Before we dive into the show, you guys, I want to know, can you hear a difference with the audio? I posted on Instagram about this and let you guys know that I was in the process of looking for a new podcast mic because the more that this show grows, the more I feel a sense of duty to continue elevating the production, to continue elevating the content, to continue elevating the entire experience of the show for you guys on the user end or the the end listener I should say the audience right and part of that is actually making sure like I said the audio is as good as it can be in terms of quality so I ended up changing up my mic situation I'm testing this one out today I'm still like learning the settings playing around with it everything like that so it might change a little bit over the next couple weeks but I really hope you guys like this new sound. I do have two episodes that are scheduled that were recorded on my old Blue Yeti mic. So if you're listening to, I believe, the next two episodes, you will hear kind of like the older sound because like I said, those are recorded with the old mic. But moving forward, all of the episodes will be recorded with this new mic. So I really do hope the quality in sound is reflected in your end experience. I will obviously be listening myself, but let me know on Instagram if you notice a change and if it is a better experience for you guys. So it is Monday, August 9th as I record this episode. I actually just finished baking some cookies. I'm going to have my lunch after I record this episode I meal prepped yesterday and I made like it's kind of like just pasta with like the red pasta sauce I did what I do rotini red sauce some shrimp and a side of veggies like steamed broccoli steamed corn and really I'm just very excited for my lunch I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna put on my housewives of Potomac if you know you know and I'm gonna have my 
pasta and I'm gonna have my cookies after for dessert I'm very excited about this lunch if you can't tell I feel like I just started to describe it and my mouth started to water because hello we are we're hungry and I didn't realize I was so hungry until now and of course it makes sense because it's two o'clock and I had my breakfast at what time did I have breakfast at nine and breakfast today was what the heck did I have a chocolate croissant and a coffee from a local coffee shop so y'all already know I'm hungry okay baby but we gonna get through this episode before I go eat because I am so excited to talk to you guys today about what we're talking about I actually posted on Instagram if you're not following me on Instagram you're clearly missing out on the fun unless you don't have an Instagram which I totally understand like don't make an Instagram just to follow me because like no but if you have an Instagram you should absolutely follow along over there because it's really extra tea being spilt over there okay and it's it's fun I feel like it's fun over there I feel like we're all having a jolly grand time so feel free to follow me on Instagram if you're not if you're oh why did my voice just crackle it's just so weird there feel free to follow me on Instagram if you're not I will also link my TikTok below because I kind of want to like get more into the ticking and the talking <laughs> you feel me the ticking and the talking these days so I'm gonna put my TikTok in the show notes as well but I asked you guys on Instagram about questions that you had relationship questions singlehood questions questions about love about life <laughs> okay and I got a good bit of questions and I'm so excited because I think I like went into it with kind of just like an open mindset of I welcome any questions and I got such a great variety of questions and I'm really excited to chat them through with y'all today and really just dive into kind of thoughts right just thoughts and more of a chill episode so get your tea get your water get your wine okay for some of y'all it might be wine down Wednesday when you're listening to it instead of Tuesday it might be tequila Tuesday I really don't know whatever day it is you get your get your beverage of choice I have my smart water sitting right here uh on my coffee table I will periodically be pausing to take a sip because we want to stay hydrated okay it's it's a hot girl summer coming to an end but you know during during hot girl summer we want to stay hot girl hydrated and throughout the rest of the year actually don't just make it a summer thing stay hydrated all year 24 7 365 I need to really tell myself this multiple times so I can truly like absorb this advice properly because I really don't stay as hydrated as I should but yeah I'm also going to should I put like a pause on my slack so no one messages me if you guys hear a slack the noise of slack I apologize you know what? let me go ahead and just like mute my audio now can I do that I feel like I I don't know how to use my computer or my technology sometimes it's really very problematic but we make it work we get through we get through so I'm gonna pull up the questions and we are just gonna go ahead and dive in this is gonna be like I said a more chill episode I feel like they're all chill they're all chill at this point. Sometimes I yell or maybe I don't yell. I just talk very passionately and I think it comes off as as me yelling or maybe it doesn't. Maybe I just think it does. I just I have a loud voice. That's what it is. OK, let's dive in to these questions. All righty. All righty. So the first question, how do you know when you're ready for a relationship? So I personally feel like you know when you're ready for a relationship, which is, this is going to be such a cliche answer. I know, roll your eyes if you must. I'm probably rolling them myself. I, I definitely am going to. But I feel like you know when you don't feel like you need a relationship. It feels like a want. You feel like you'll be okay if you don't have a relationship in your life right now. This kind of goes hand in hand with when we talk about manifestation in general. And when there's something that you really want and you get into this energy of desperation, you like push it away kind of because you're so 
just hell bent on getting this thing. You literally, it, it's almost like this desperate energy. There's a difference between tunnel vision, right? Being focused, being faithful and focused, I would say, and being desperate and feeling like, oh my God, if I don't have this thing, I'm going to die. Oh my God, if I don't have this thing, my life is going to suck. And I feel like when you get to a point in your love life and your journey with manifesting love or manifesting a romantic relationship where you're really easing into a place where you don't feel so desperate about the desire. I think that you're getting to a great place energetically of calling in that relationship. Also, I think that to be ready for a relationship, I personally feel like you have to do a lot of work on yourself. Now, I will say there is no like end place of doing the work where you're like, okay, I've done, I've done X amount of work. I've completed the course on myself and now I can have a boyfriend or now I can have a girlfriend. Now I can have a partner. I do think that working on yourself is a big part of it, right? Because if you get into a relationship and you are very much in a place where you are just really hurt. Maybe you're hung up on your ex. Maybe you don't even know what you want in a partner. You're like trying to figure out your whole life and you get into a relationship. I just feel like a relationship tends to magnify those things. It's almost like when people talk about how when you manifest money, money doesn't necessarily solve a lot of your problems. A lot of times it manifests in a way where it creates a magnifying glass on top of issues that you had before that you didn't really recognize right you ever hear about people who win the lottery and then they go on to become bankrupt or they go on to kind of create even more debt than they had before they won the lottery it's because prior to winning the lottery they didn't address a lot of the money mindset issues that they may have had and so when they manifested more money it's not like the more money solved their mindset issues the more money magnified those issues and made it very apparent where those issues lay when it came to their money mindset it's the same thing with relationships i do think it's you know there's the working on yourself piece but then i feel like for me the biggest thing is just energetically how i am in this season of singlehood that i'm experiencing i really started off this season i think really feeling as much to my dismay as i'd like to admit this but at one point feeling that desperation at one point kind of being jealous of my friends who were in partnerships, being jealous of friends who were married or who just got married, who were thinking about pregnancy, thinking about trying for babies and really wanting to be in that space myself because I'm at the age where I would love to be married and I would love to be talking to a partner about trying for kids in the next couple of years. But that's just not where life has led me and I don't believe that it's because it's not for me I do absolutely think it's for me but I just think right now I'm in the season of singlehood for a reason and I found that the more that I put focus on cultivating the things that I really want to cultivate in my life you know things that are career related things that are podcast related things that are just me related really placing myself at the center of my own universe so to speak i have really started to release a lot of the energetic grip on the need for a relationship because i'm realizing that truly i am really happy by myself a lot of that has happened in the past couple months i would say and i would even go as far to say that when i had that moment where i deleted all the dating apps that was a really big turning point for me energetically i have noticed that i'm even more open to opportunities to abundance flowing in i'm even more open to creative ideas flowing in 
now that I have sort of released that, again, energetic grip on this need for relationship. So that was a really long-winded answer, as all of my answers to everything are, because I love to chat. Y'all already know, okay? Mercury and Gemini, period. I hope that makes sense. I, I think it's a mix of things, but I would say the biggest, oh my gosh, do you guys hear that? Who is outside with like that loud car just doing the absolute most? It is absolutely not necessary. Like when people like rev their engine like that, I'm just kind of like mm, obnoxious, truly. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. And I hope that answer really resonated with you. I think it's definitely a mix of things. And I feel like part of it is is sort of finding what that means for you. But like I said, I, I do think a big part of it has to do with energetically. Are you feeling the need for a relationship or is it sort of kind of like I'm happy by myself I'm good where I'm at I'm happy with my life and I would love a partner to add to that to add to the joy versus I need a partner to create that joy for me so someone asked good books for singles I unfortunately don't have a ton of books to recommend I think a lot of the books I read these days as you guys know are psychological thrillers <laughs> prior to that I read a lot of books around uh, self-development, not necessarily around relationships, but more so developing self, right, and in, in you as an individual. But one book I have uh, downloaded recently, I haven't finished it, and I want to do an episode on it when I do finish it. It's, it's called Attached, and it's actually a book about your attachment styles. If you're not familiar, there are, I believe, three different attachment styles, and they basically describe how you not only like search for a partner like what you're searching for but also like how you act in relationships so I think there's like anxiously attached anxious avoidant avoidant and secure so there are actually four attachment styles I believe but the book basically goes through the different attachment styles and how based on your attachment style you may respond to different things in relationships and how that can either positively or negatively affect your relationship with others I also believe that attachment styles aren't necessarily only reserved for romantic partnerships they typically when people talk about them they're typically talking about romantic partnerships but you can kind of apply it to other things as well and it really does go back to how you were raised how your caregivers treated you in childhood when you cried where you did someone come to comfort you or did they basically say stop crying when you cried did someone come at all just essentially how our caregivers treated us in those early years when we were looking to them for that comfort for that just that hominess that loving attitude and responsiveness and that can really affect the type of relationships that you are calling in similarly it may also have to do with what you observed as a child in your caregivers relationships with others so if you grew up in a household with a mother and a father if the relationship between your mother and your father was a bit traumatic, which I think we all have seen that in some way, shape or form. And trauma can obviously have a wide range of definitions for what you've observed and what you've in, uh, endured as a child. But if you saw something that was traumatic or if you experienced something that was traumatic as it pertains to your caregivers relationships, then that can absolutely affect the relationships that you called in so or that you currently call in or that you called in, right? Maybe past tense, maybe you already are in a partnership. So that is one that I would definitely, definitely recommend checking out. I, like I said, I haven't finished reading it, but I do, I am familiar with attachment styles specifically because I remember in uh, college when, because I, I was a psych and sociology major, we did 
explore attachment styles for like a semester it was actually really really cool to like dive into that and learn how your childhood basically affects a lot of your life until you learn to realize what those things are and you learn to basically relearn reframe uh and just eradicate that trauma like it's a lot of stuff that we have subconsciously on repeat and it absolutely affects not just your life and you know how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself and how you treat others but it absolutely affects the romantic relationships and partnerships that you may call in so the next question we have is moving in with your significant other so y'all already know that i kind of experienced this for a, a short period of time i will say but this is huge so if you are considering moving in with your significant other i want to send a congratulations to you because that is absolutely a big step in a relationship I personally, I know people kind of sit on the like two different fences of some people believe that you should live with a partner before marriage. Other people feel like you should not live with a partner before marriage. I sit on the more, shall I say, liberal side of you should live with a partner before marriage. I think that living with someone shows you a lot of things about their day-to-day life, about their attitude towards day-to-day occurrences that you may not necessar- necessarily see if you do not live with them before something as big as marriage I believe that living with my uh, ex-partner before marriage was what solidified our breakup essentially as morbid as that sounds but I think that it was good that it happened otherwise who knows maybe I would have ended up in a marriage that I did not want to be in and then I would have to deal with a more legal separation versus kind of what we went through so in terms of moving in with a significant other There's definitely like preparation before I would say have conversations about things like finances for sure, because now, you know, it's going to be two of you guys, depending on your relationship. I know some people will split bills 50 50. Some people do something where one partner takes care of most of the bills. Some people have a relationship where it's split differently because of the income differences, whatever that looks like. I think having that conversation prior to moving in is absolutely important. Um, And then that can help bring up some red flags too that you may possibly want to address in there. Or maybe you don't address it. I don't know. But I do think the financial conversation is absolutely important if you're thinking about moving in together. And then also another conversation that I think is important to have with a partner before moving in is like domestic tasks. This was not one that I thought I had to have with my partner, but it turned out to be something that became a sore spot for us in our relationship living together so traditionally i will say in most heterosexual relationships i feel like because of the patriarchy i think a lot of times women are looked at as the people that need to maintain the domestic household uh, chores if you will and i am i don't know maybe i'm just too forward thinking but i don't necessarily fully agree with that i'm very much like I would say, I guess you could describe me as being a very domestic type of person. I love to cook. I love to clean all that stuff. But just because I love to do those things doesn't mean that I agree with women need to be the only one doing those things in the household. So again, that was definitely a sore spot that came up in my personal relationship where I found that I built up a lot of resentment because I was working from home. And so it was sort of assumed that since I was 
working from home that I should be taking care of a lot of like the home things. And I don't think that's fair because similar to, and I've never been a stay at home mom, but I, I can assume it's similar to this. If you're a stay at home mom, if you're just someone that works from home, it doesn't mean that you aren't doing anything all day. You're working. Okay. Whether you're working for corporate America, whether you're working on your own business or whether you are taking care of your children, you are working all day. And so sometimes, yes, your partner is out and they may be working at a job and come home and they're tired. I get it. But I also think that some of those things should be split. So, you know, maybe that's something like discussing a cleaning schedule or discussing like how often you want to cook, because something like that can easily build up resentment. And I think in a really healthy and secure partnership, having conversations around, okay, I feel that things aren't equal or I want you to do more of this in the house, things like that. A conversation like that between between two people in a healthy relationship typically turns out okay and typically can be addressed okay. Again, I clearly experienced some sore spots with that in my own relationship, hence the end of the relationship. But just having those conversations prior to, I think are really good. And then also you can just learn about your partner's like style. You probably already know this, but again, I'm a really big planner I wouldn't say I'm fully type A, but I would say I like to plan things out. I'm, I'm pretty, I can go with the flow, but I like to have some sort of outline at least to follow. And if things go left, I can absolutely adjust and adjust to change. But for example, like cleaning, like I personally like to clean my house once a week. Of course, I tidy up here and there throughout the week, but I like to clean. A lot of people like to clean on Sundays, but you know, for something like that, I remember that at the time my partner didn't like a cleaning schedule like that like you just didn't understand the concept of cleaning once a week or cleaning at a certain time during the week and so that was another sore spot so again all I'm saying is just have a lot of these discussions about things like that finances again super 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 important and daily tasks chores bigger things like that will be important and also space having conversations about how you guys like to deal with alone time or like what happens if you get into a conflict in the apartment or what happens if you have an argument like if you're already in a relationship where you guys have a plan of how you deal with that kind of stuff anyways typically transitions well into living together I just know my situation was definitely different because we were long distance and going from long distance to all of a sudden being in a small space together. And then on top of that, we moved in basically at the height of COVID. So being in a, a space together without really being able to go anywhere or to do anything was really, really tough and a really extreme adjustment to make. But if you already kind of have a nice like routine down pack with your partner where you guys know how you deal with conflict and you've already kind of like worked through some of those things I think transitioning to living together is really just going to help to solidify your relationship even more to take you guys to that next level especially if you are on this path where marriage is in your future so again congratulations if you are going to be moving in with your significant other um, I do think that there are some really cool things that go hand in hand with living with the person that you are in love with and that you love. So that's awesome. Next question we have is 
how to be happy being single and not constantly thinking about manifesting a relationship girl listen listen let me tell you because i just learned about this myself okay i feel like i'm really grasping this lesson really well so i'm glad you asked about this because i feel like i can speak on this now i think had you asked me this two months ago i would have been like girl i don't know when you find out tell me tell me let me know give me tea but i think i do have a good grasp on this now i think at this point in my life like i said i am just really focused on myself i'm really focused on myself i'm really focused on my happiness now that being said if god just threw some beautiful handsome tall intelligent kind witty humorous individual in front of my door and i opened the door and he was standing right there and he literally was just beautiful and handsome and everything now i am not gonna sit here and say no no i don't want it right now of course i'm gonna be like well, yeah let's go on that date like what's up but i will say being happy while being single a huge part of that for me has been learning to not compare as much so i mentioned it earlier in this episode a lot of my I don't even know like a lot of my bitterness because that sounds so that sounds so aggressive a lot of my sadness there we go a little softer a lot of my sadness was more so around feeling like it was happening to everyone else and it wasn't happening to me which i guess still if i really sit here and think about it still feels like a truth for my reality pretty much all my friends are in just really serious relationships have settled down or plan to settle down like aka settle down me and getting married in the next year or so so that is that is absolutely still my reality but i think it's really been a huge thing for me to accept and realize that just because it's happened for them and it hasn't happened yet for me doesn't mean it's not going to happen for me and when i think about the type of relationship that i want the type of partner that i want in my life i think about someone that is basically at a certain like for lack of a better word, level in life. And sometimes I don't like using the word level because it assumes hierarchy and it assumes that some of us are better than others, which I absolutely don't believe. But for, again, just for illustrative purposes, for you to understand what I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the word level. And when I think about that, I realize that in order for me to attract that individual that I want, I want to continue elevating, right? I want to continue working on myself. I want to continue working on my career. I want to continue learning more to continue learning my triggers to continue learning what I want in a partner in the first place. Because when I do call that person in, it will be very easy for me to recognize them because I have in essence done the work to recognize what that looks like for me and why it looks the way it, it I want it to look. A lot of that focus has been taken off of relationships because I'm placing that focus in myself and in my own elevation. I actually posted something on Instagram the other day, you guys probably saw it, where I was talking about how God has placed me in a space of isolation in my life right now. In this space of isolation, I am by myself, right? I don't really know a lot of people in Dallas. Like now I have a few people that if I ever want to grab lunch or if I ever want to go out and do something, I do have a couple people that I could text or call and say, hey, like, do you want to go do X, Y, and Z with me? In terms of like those really close friendships or really having a, a big circle or whatever here, I don't have that in Dallas. I'm, I'm pretty you know, isolated. And I think I've been placed in that season of isolation to understand the power of being alone because there is power in being alone. A lot of people will rush into relationships, will rush into friendships that don't necessarily serve them simply because they are so afraid 
of being alone, of sitting in the quiet, of having those honest conversations with themselves. It really takes away from your growth if you think about it, because if you are consistently putting off sitting with yourself, learning about yourself, learning what makes you tick, learning about what you love, learning about what you want in your life, and you're going into these relationships that don't serve you, again, whether they be platonic or whether they be romantic, you're essentially delaying a lot of your growth. So in this season of singlehood, like really focus on the fact that it is a blessing. It's a blessing that you have this time to sit and to work on yourself and to sit and think about what you want in your life because sometimes people don't have that. There are people who, you know, I know in high school who like went straight from high school sweethearts to married and have kids and that's a beautiful journey, but Oftentimes those people, if you've ever talked to anyone who's had that journey, they say, I wish I, you know, had a moment or a, a year where I lived by myself, or I wish I had that time to really see what life is about besides marriage and kids. They, they wish for that. They wanted that, but they didn't have that because it wasn't their path. And so you should really feel blessed that you have this season. Again, it's not always a comfortable season. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, every single day being single it, it's jolly and fun like there are days where yes I'm lonely there are days where I find a scary movie on Hulu and I don't really want to watch it by myself I want to cuddle with somebody and watch that scary movie because I be getting scared okay and I ain't trying to watch it by myself so I put it on my little list and I say God when you send that man we're gonna watch this movie because I'm scared to watch this one by myself right now you know what I'm saying so I feel you it's not always happy and jolly and fun and, and not something where you want to be positive all the time about but I will say when you start to really focus on yourself like really 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 focus on yourself you naturally stop focusing on the dating because when you start to focus on yourself you start to see all the work that you really want to do and if you're truly focused on yourself like you busy you don't got time for nonsense you don't got time for for whatever because your life your growth your elevation is prioritized and it is taking the front seat and nobody else can get in that car unless they got something to offer you and your growth and your elevation. And I will say that when it comes to the dating apps in particular, I found that when I deleted the dating apps, the first like week to two weeks, it was a little struggle. And it was a struggle not because I needed the apps, but because I had built up a habit of going on the apps. Like if I felt lonely, I would go on the app and swipe and I would get angry because everyone was just, listen, like a couple of people been saying, somebody said the bar is in hell. Girl, ugh, listen, those dating apps are just not it. I don't know what's going on out here. It's not, it's not it. It's not it. Okay. I will say when I deleted the apps and allowed myself to free up that time, it really made me see one, how much time and energy I had been spending on the dating apps that weren't serving me, that just made me more cynical, that made me bitter, that made me angry, that made me sad, that made me frustrated. When I freed up that time, I was like, what do I actually want to focus on? Oh, I got this thing I want to do. Oh, I got this thing I want to grow. Oh, maybe I could do this. And so I started to find ways that I could fill my time with things that made me happy, with things that were going to elevate me and my career and my life and my journey. And I found that the more I started to fill my space with that time or that those things rather, the more that. I just became engulfed in like experiencing those things, like engulfed in that journey, engulfed in that growth. And the more I wanted to keep filling my time with those things. And 
the more that I did that, the more that dating sort of fell away to the wayside. And like I said, it's not that I'm not open to dating. I'm absolutely open to that. And I think another thing too is I had to get rid of the idea that if I weren't on the apps, if I weren't doing something that someone wouldn't be able to find me, I know that it is, people don't talk about it as much. Like it feels more far-fetched, but I absolutely do believe that when it is the right time for you, it doesn't matter if you're the type of person that you stay in your house every single day, 24 seven. If that man is meant to find you, he will show up on your doorstep. Yep. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but crazier things have happened. Okay. Crazier things have happened. Now, most of us do go outside, right? Whether you go to the grocery store or Target like myself or Home Depot, you go outside, you're put in situations where you meet new people every single day or almost every single day. Now it's not a bar or it's not a dating app or it's not this thing, but you never know how you could be exposed to a connection that is meant to be in your life. So don't feel just because you are focusing on yourself and maybe you know, not in the the normal quote unquote situations for meeting someone like a bar or, or a dating app or something like that doesn't mean you're not going to find that person or they're not going to find you. So just like focus on you, just mind your business. That's, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm minding my business. I'm minding my business and minding my money. And I promise you, like it, it's hard at first because again, you want to be like, I should be doing something, but you don't need to be doing something. And especially if you're asking this question, it means that you don't need to be doing anything. Just focus on yourself, focus on your growth, focus on your elevation and focus on your bag. Okay. The next question that someone asked is it just says divorce so this one I have not personally experienced in life so I can only speak from what I can assume one is going through and I will also say I can only speak from the lens of comparing it to a breakup in particular comparing it to my last breakup because there was some legal stuff involved there in terms of like there was a lease right that's a legal document and what happened with that essentially so when it comes to something like divorce that is absolutely huge right that's something where it's not just as simple as a well I'm breaking up with you and we're gonna part ways typically if you're married to someone you have a lot of things sort of like mixed up with each other so it's like your banks may be intertwined, your money may be intertwined, you may own a home together, you might have investments together. There's a lot of stuff where you might have things truly like mixed up with this person. And so actually executing a divorce, a breakup is not only something that is like an emotional hurdle to overcome, but now it's also a financial hurdle because you might have to hire a lawyer and do all these things like I don't know the exact proceedings but I know that it's not just as simple as being like okay well you know uh bye great have, have a great life like see you later it's definitely much more in-depth I will say that whether you're going through you know a breakup or a divorce I think a huge part of it is not just like leaving the relationship behind and feeling like it was wasted time, but really acknowledging what you learned from that relationship and what you can take with you moving forward. That's always, or I would say that's not necessarily the mindset you 
adopt at the very beginning at at the very beginning you're usually really emotional trying to get over this big change i will say a huge part of any breakup is the huge change especially if you're so used to that person typically if you're married you're living with that person so it's like your day-to-day life is so intertwined with that person that when you do move on and you're out of that house and you're out of that marriage it's probably really hard and it is really hard to build up a new routine but I would say once you get to the place where you are no longer in that same home you're now sort of moving on emotionally like acknowledging what that relationship taught you is really big I think that every single relationship every season has taught us something and it may not be a lesson that we love to learn it may be a hard lesson it may not be a fun lesson it may be a lesson that we are embarrassed that we had to learn or that we are upset that we had to learn that we are frustrated that we had to learn but nevertheless each relationship has taught us something and so I think acknowledging what that relationship taught you especially if you're in a space after your divorce where you are thinking about going back out to dating or you're thinking about at least being open to a new relationship or a new partner coming in it's like what can I bring to that new relationship a new partnership that I learned from the last one and oftentimes I think that we're so quick to to dismiss our old relationship and to feel like if we want to fully move on we can't really acknowledge that last relationship and I don't think that's true I think you can absolutely move on and you can absolutely you know move forward with your life completely and in a very healthy way while acknowledging the happy times with that person while acknowledging what they taught you while acknowledging that it wasn't wasted time but it was just a season that is no longer and that's simply what it is right I think the legal part is definitely harder. Like I said, I've only had to navigate a lease with someone. And when I moved here to Dallas, the lease in New Jersey was still in effect. So there was still a legal contract that was executed that had a specific timeline that was running into the summer of this year. And so it was kind of tough having to deal with what was going on here in Dallas, like my bills here in Dallas, my life here in Dallas, while also having to deal with the legal repercussions of ending a relationship while there was still a lease in New Jersey. And I found that it was really tough because it brought up a lot of frustration on my part. Uh, And it also made me feel kind of stupid. Like it made like, and I know I didn't do anything wrong. And I know that, you know, living with someone and signing a lease is like a regular thing. It's not like I made a disastrous mistake and people were trying to stop me and I went ahead anyways. Like there was nothing wrong in what I did, but I do feel like at one point I felt really dumb because I was just like, damn, like I really there was really a contract that intertwined me with this individual that I'm no longer with. And now I have these consequences that I'm dealing with that I have to navigate. I'm still, even though the relationship ended, we were still tied together in some way, shape or form until July. And that was really frustrating because it made me feel as if I couldn't fully move on. It was like, I had still like a toe dipped in the water in New Jersey because I had to keep an eye on what was going there. I had to be looped into what was happening with lease and signing paperwork to make sure that the lease didn't continue and 
all of these different things. And so I, I think it is similar in some ways with divorce, because when you do get divorced, again, if you own a home, if you have bank accounts, like you're trying to basically sever the tie of the relationship. But by doing that, you also have to sever these legal ties. And oftentimes it is frustrating. Okay. There are a lot of hoops to jump through. There is a lot of paperwork, a lot of conversations with people, a lot of emails, and it's just really, really frustrating. So I would say during that time, what helped me was knowing that it wasn't always going to be like that. Eventually I would have the tie severed. Eventually the lease would end. Eventually I'd be able to remove that dipped toe from New Jersey and fully move on with my life, knowing that all ties were severed. So if you're going through a divorce, I am sending you hugs. I'm sending you luck. I know it's definitely tough. Again, I haven't been through it myself, but I absolutely know that it is tough dealing with, again, the emotional and the legal side of it all. And just know that you will get through it. It won't last forever. I know it probably feels really sucky right now, but you will eventually get to a moment where you are really happy about the decision you made and maybe you feel that right now but it's also happiness mixed with other emotions of frustration and sadness and anger but you will get to a place where you will literally be like I am so happy that I made that decision and I do not regret it so just keep like taking steps forward until we get to that day and until we get to that point but just know that Everything is temporary and this moment, this season that you're in will not last forever and you will eventually have all those ties completely severed and be able to fully move on. So someone else asked how to deal with stalkers and the damage they can cause. This one, I have never dealt with a stalker, like someone physically stalking me. So in terms of something like that, I would just say legal action is what I would take if I were ever in that position. Um, and I hope I am never in that position and I am so sorry for whoever is asking this and possibly in a position like that or a predicament like that. I will say though that what I do if ever I encounter just like nonsense with people, uh, I've never encountered it with like people online with like manifest daily, but now I'm talking about like dating and obviously we're talking about dating and stuff, but I just block people. That's, that's just my go-to. I have never understood and if this has ever been you, like I'm not judging you. I'm just saying I've never understood when someone is, when you don't want to talk to someone, right? And they're harassing you in some way. Like maybe, you know, they're the the F boy that keeps texting you, you up at night or something like that. Or, or they're the person you went on a date with and they ghosted you and then they came back and hit you up or whatever the case may be. I've never understood why we either one, keep those numbers in our phone or two, answer the message I am very quick to block I have a I would say it's kind of a long blog list but it's dated back all the way to college you guys okay but I'm very quick to if someone tries me like and, and if someone crosses a boundary that I've set I oftentimes will do my best to communicate that I have a certain boundary like please don't you know either speak to me this way or I don't like when you do this like whatever I'm very communicative about where my boundaries are and where they lay and if I have communicated my boundaries to someone very clearly especially someone that is in pursuit of me in the dating world right if you are seriously in the pursuit of me you would absolutely respect my boundaries and not cross that boundary again especially if you weren't aware the first time right but if someone 
is aware of a boundary you've made it clear and they cross that in some way shape or form and they continuously cross that right and this is where i think the the behavior of stalking or harassment online can come in i block them literally just block that person like they don't need to be in your phone they don't need to be in your life and if i'm sitting here and i'm paying my phone bill and i have paid for my phone and i am literally like you are not going to sit here and harass me on my phone. You're not going to sit here and make me feel away on my phone, in my space, in my home. You're absolutely getting blocked. I don't play that. I do not play that. And I'm quick to block. But like I said, I'm quick to block after I have communicated a certain boundary. And it's become very obvious that, that individual does not respect that boundary and they don't care to ever respect it. Well, baby, you ain't got no time to be in my life. And you certainly not going to sit here and harass me. I remember recently I had this guy who texted me and I had blocked him and uh it was a whole thing like he it wasn't that he just sent one text and i blocked him like it was a whole thing I ended up blocking the guy and he hit me up from like a different device or something oh actually no that's not what it was he had another phone first of all mr two phones get get out of here anyway so he hit me up on his other phone to ask me to unblock him like what sir clearly you're pressed clearly you're pressed and you need to go talk to somebody about that and it's certainly not me so just block someone if they are like harassing you because they don't need to be causing you stress and drama on your phone that you pay for like no no absolutely not so the next question is when is the best time to talk about your financial life with your partner so we touched on this a little bit earlier i said that when you're about to move in with someone, absolutely good to have that conversation about finances, right? So about who's gonna pay for what, uh, how are you guys gonna split rent, all that good stuff. I also think that the more you start to get serious in the relationship, if you're aware that your relationship, like you want it to lead to either moving in or you want it to lead to marriage, I think having those financial conversations around that time really makes sense, especially because I don't know the statistics, but I know that like finances is a big thing that can lead to the end of relationships and the end of marriages, specifically because a lot of times many of us grow up with different ways of handling our finances. If you become aware that your partner spends a lot of money on something that you don't think they should be spending a lot of money on, maybe that is a conversation that you guys have about how like they're going to keep that that money and that spending separate from like y'all's like joint account or whatever. I don't know. Like everyone does it differently. I don't think that you always need to have every single bit of your finances mixed up with a, a partner. And I think maybe th this is how I always felt before. And I th also think the situation of me going into a lease with a partner and then that relationship ended has also made me very hyper aware of any specific relationship I have moving forward how I want to make sure that not too much of my money is tied up with somebody else like and that wasn't the case before by the way but I'm just saying like it's made me hyper aware of the possibility that yes things can end like yes like you don't want to be in a position where your money is like really tied up with someone else and I do believe that there is a there's like such power when two people come together in a relationship and can put their money together and invest together in all these things but Let's also be real about the fact that it's just it's it can be risky, especially if you're entering into a partnership without having 
those conversations early on about finances and then you encounter stuff later on that you wish you had asked about or that you wish you knew about and it like affects your finances so I would say like as early as possible if you know this is someone that you want to have a serious relationship with I would open the door to financial conversations very early on now that can look very differently again for each and every person and their partner I would ask about or I would want to learn about like spending habits I want to learn about how that person would like how either both you and that person how you guys prefer to like split bills how you prefer to handle finances are you that couple that wants to have one big giant joint account or I personally prefer you know the joint account for like joint bills and then you each have your separate account because I'm gonna still do my shopping and you ain't finna tell me how much I'm gonna spend on my shopping okay and that's that so just having that conversation about like how y'all want to handle finances, how you guys spend. Does that person use a budget sheet? Do they budget or do they just, you know, go about life and, and, and just and just spend money? Do they save? Do they have a savings account? What's their plan? How often do they save? Do they invest? Do they plan to buy a house? What's the financial plan to buy a house? Do they have money saved for that house? Like all of these things, because what you're going to notice is finances obviously play a big part in our lives, right? If you're thinking about buying a house, if you're thinking about having a wedding, if you're thinking about having kids, all of these things have one common denominator. It takes money and it takes understanding your finances and having a very good grasp on how you budget, how you spend, how you understand your financial mindset and story in order to be successful in those things. Now, if you go into a relationship with a partner who doesn't have a plan for any of these things, who's very, you know, go with the flow about stuff, you might find that if you are someone that likes to have a plan and that likes to sort of at least have an outline of how you're going to achieve these things, you might find that you're getting very frustrated with your partner, especially if they don't have at least some semblance of a plan. So like I said, having that conversation as early on as possible so that you can at least establish a baseline and, a, and an understanding between you two about what finances look like is going to be a very good thing in your relationship moving forward, especially if, again, you're in it for the long term. So the next question is, my boyfriend is trying to love me in my love language a year later after I tried to give him examples. So I'm not sure what the question is here. I think I'm assuming the question or the concern is around the timeline of it like if you told your boyfriend you know one day like here's what I need from you here's my love language like here's how I need to be loved and he didn't implement that right away and a year later he's now trying and maybe he's now trying because you kind of are not feeling the relationship anymore because you spent a year not being loved in the way that you needed to be loved in the way that you expressed and communicated to your partner you needed to be loved so I'm assuming it's around the timeline that being said I would probably just have like a conversation with him and I think if if you spent the year like if it was something like you told him one thing he didn't do anything to change it and a year later 
he's now doing something but like within that year you didn't bring it up anymore that is one thing because I feel like sometimes you especially when you're in a relationship like sometimes it does take talking to that person multiple times especially when it's something that's new to them when it comes to love languages and when it comes to loving another person in the way that they need to feel validated and loved and taken care of and heard if it's very different than what we're used to and what we've known in previous relationships it does take a couple of times of that person telling us or takes a couple of times of having that conversation for us to really like soak it in so I don't know what hit for him in the in the last year that maybe now he's implementing it but uh I would just have a conversation with him and maybe let him know how you're feeling if you're feeling like you weren't heard in that last year if you're feeling like you were neglected in that last year making that a conversation and opening up the doors for him to let you know what was the reason that he didn't do that did he just not know the importance did he did he forget because you told him once and maybe he forgot and maybe he needed that reminder then you can open that door to another conversation of like do we need to do like maybe like monthly relationship check-ins about this thing or whatever that looks like for you I think everyone in everyone's relationship again looks different I found that I like things like uh, like a monthly check-in and it doesn't have to be like a formal thing like oh it's like Sunday the 1st like 10 a.m let's sit down for our check-in it could be like if you guys like to schedule things but I just think having a time when you have a conversation like a catch-up with your partner and you're chatting about the health of your relationship is really important because we get so caught up in day-to-day life especially if you live with your partner where sometimes even though you're living with someone like how they love you how you guys treat each other the romantic stuff can tend to fall to the wayside especially if you have fallen into this like really comfortable place with your partner where I don't know they just don't do go the extra mile anymore especially if you guys live together so sometimes having that like check-in and having a time where you're like sitting down and talking specifically about your relationship and you're also discussing what you need from your partner and you're also discussing like what they need from you can be really helpful so yeah hopefully that answered your question so the next question is how to get over your ex when they moved on after you way too fast so the how to get over your ex thing I would say it's pretty similar to the other question I answered about how to what was it the one that I answered about how to be happy being single and not constantly thinking about a relationship or about manifesting a partner the answer really is to focus on yourself again super cliche but think about it this way if you have a limited source of like mental capacity mental focus mental energy right you can only really focus on like this thing like say it's like you have a hundred focus points right if you're using all of your focus points to focus on the ex to focus on the relationship that didn't happen or pan out the way you wanted to you're focusing all of your focus on that like all of your energies on that all of your eggs are in that one basket so to speak if you start to shift that focus take those points and shift them from the relationship the ex all that stuff and put them into yourself you literally are using up all your energy now to focus on yourself. Like you literally don't have time to think about this ex. You don't have time to think about the partnership that didn't work out. You don't have time to focus on him moving on or whatever the case may be. The other thing I want to say is like, how do you know he's moving on and how can we quantify that he's moving on way too fast? Because like I said, in an episode prior, 
sometimes we're in relationships and sometimes we intuitively know the end is coming. And so by the time we actually experience the breakup, we have started to move on before we even had the breakup. I know that was my personal experience with my breakup. And so maybe that's something your ex is going through. Either way, I would say if you're following him on social media or if you have mutual friends and they're catching you up on like what he's doing, I would set some boundaries around that for yourself and for your friends. So one, either muting him or completely unfollowing him on social, whichever feels good to you. Maybe they both don't feel good to you, but I would do one of those two things. Uh, I personally would just unfollow, especially I don't, I'm not in the, not that I'm like, I don't, I'm not ever friends with my ex, but I, I just personally don't like, it's never been my experience where I need to continue being friends with any ex in my life. So typically I will unfriend you or unfollow you, or that's been my reality so far. I'll unfriend or unfollow them. And then the other thing is if you guys have mutual friends and your friends are coming to you and being like, oh, this is what he's doing now. Or like, oh, he got a girl now. And like, oh, he doing this now. Um, I would just tell your friends like, that's cool. I'm happy for him. Great. But can you stop filling me in on what he's doing? And if they are true friends with your best intentions at heart, they should understand you when you say in order for me to fully execute this moving on process, I don't need to have a play by play on what he's doing. I don't need to have a play by play on his new relationships. And I certainly don't need a play by play on what his life is like right now because I'm no longer part of it. So really, I just don't need that in my life. So I would absolutely set boundaries around that because I think part of this, and I don't know all the details of your story, but I somehow feel like part of this is that you are seeing some stuff on social media about what he's doing otherwise, or someone's telling you about it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have this proof that he is moving on in your opinion, way too fast. So definitely set those boundaries for yourself and for your friends so that you can essentially have that time to move on. I think if we're, again, sitting here and focusing on the ex and the relationship that failed and whatever, we cannot focus fully on ourselves, right? So switch that focus, change how you're spending your time. If you scroll through his social ever, stop doing that. Like literally mute the man. No, unfollow the man at this point. Just unfollow him. And I would even go as far as say block him. Maybe, maybe I just be blocking people like crazy. I don't know y'all. I don't know. But I just feel like cutting off that access. So like your access to him, but then also his access to you is going to be good for your process of letting go and moving on and realizing that, it is in the past. It's totally okay that it didn't work out, but you're moving forward now and you're ready for whatever that next chapter is for yourself. So the next question we have is, do you think mommy and daddy issues contribute to your picks in a person or partner? Absolutely. 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 Like maybe it's the psych major in me. Okay. Uh, probably is, but I absolutely think so. Like I said, I mentioned that book to you guys earlier, Attached. That one definitely kind of dives into it a little bit. I think there are probably way more books out there that dive into the connection between your relationship or trauma from your parents and your partner. But I absolutely think so. I think for it, it's not necessarily like the Freudian theory in its whole entirety, entire, entirety, <laughs> not entirety, because I think flaw, um, Freud's theories had some flaws to them. I don't fully agree 
with Freud's theories of like we essentially want to be with the person that's like our fathers as women or as men we want to be with the person that's like our mother that was that's essentially a very watered down understanding of his theory and concepts around partnerships and how they related to our parents but I do think that how our parents responded to us how our parents relationship is whatever turbulence that they experience in their relationship if we grew up seeing that right seeing a turbulent partnership seeing how our father treated our mother how our mother responded to our father that absolutely affects what we go to look for in our relationship now I will say it can go in both ways it can affect you know your relationship and that you choose a lot of similar scenarios that are like what you observed in childhood simply because it's comforting as you know awful as trauma is a lot of times for us our trauma is comforting especially in this particular example where we grew up observing something and we grew up observing that in our homes and we grew up seeing that as normal right and maybe as an adult we now recognize no that's not normal but still that thing that relationship that way that relationship unfolded is our comfort zone because it's what we know and so anything outside of that can feel weird to us have you ever got you have you ever (laughs) have you guys ever heard of people talking about butterflies getting butterflies I remember I used to think butterflies were the thing you'd want to experience when you met someone and you were romantically interested in them. But Miriam, I think Miriam Hasna on Twitter had a tweet one time that really made me rethink this. And she was talking about how the feeling of butterflies in your stomach is not what we know it to be. It's often a trauma response and it's often this anxiety induced response. And sometimes the feeling of butterflies can actually indicate to you that this partnership something about this partnership something about this person something about this connection mimics something that you have seen in the past and it's almost creating a fight or flight response in you versus I think sometimes I know I've experienced this as a woman I've gone on a date before and I felt no butterflies I felt instead comfortable and when I felt that before it would feel almost boring because they'd be like well where are the butterflies where are the sparks where are this sometimes that boring lack of butterfly connection is actually normal is actually safe is actually secure but because we are so used to the trauma the turbulence the the inconsistency and response from a partner because that's what we grew up seeing play out between our parents or our caregivers when we don't see that play out in whoever we are interested in we write it off we're quick to write it off because it feels boring but when we do see that start to play out in a partnership or in a person that we are a relationship we're trying to cultivate a connection we pursue it even though it is literally a a similar connection, a similar turbulent connection that we grew up seeing that may not actually be healthy for us. So I absolutely think that your partnership or not your partnership, but your relationship with your parents and your parents' relationships with each other and what you observed during your childhood has an effect on who you choose in a partner and what specific like relationship stories 
you choose to replay with that partner. And I do believe that the only way to end that cycle, especially if you observe it's an unhealthy cycle, is to recognize your actions and how they actually contribute to replicating that cycle. How are you choosing your partners? What red flags do you continuously ignore? What things in a partnership do you hate that you always find that you're replicating that you observe during childhood? So a lot of the eradication of these behaviors and a lot of like reframing and relearning these cycles and the nature of these cycles starts with actually being able to be honest with yourself about observing them when they are at play in your life especially if the observation itself is hard and is tough and it often is because oftentimes we in observing we realize the responsibility that we played and the, and the part that we played in replicating the cycles in our own lives. And the last question, the last one, you guys, this has been a long episode. I'm so hungry. <laughs> the last question is, how come I've not manifested the right man? What are potential blocks? Girl, I feel you. I feel you. I'm going to just say that right now. I feel you. And I feel you because I have often asked the same question. I've often asked myself the same question. I've often asked God the same question like, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to do to call this person in? Because again, it usually comes in like with the comparison piece where I'm looking at other people and being like, well, they've called in their partner and they're doing this and they're doing that. Like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I'll say this. If you truly in your heart of hearts feel like, you're doing all the right things. You're working on yourself. You're recognizing your triggers. You're identifying your traumas. You're identifying what I just talked about earlier, what you could be doing to replicate traumatic and very uh, turbulent relationship patterns in your life that you observed in childhood. If you are doing all of that tough and hard and honest work of just reframing your entire perception of love and partnership and really understanding what you need in a partner and what you want in a partner. And you can honestly sit here and say, I am doing the work. I have done a lot of work and I'm doing the work. Then I don't think there are any blocks. I think it's just time. It's literally just the timing thing. And that's the message I got when I asked the same question, when I said, well, God, I'm doing all these things. I am taking all the leaps whenever I'm called, even though it feels scary. And even though I don't know what's going to happen, I left a relationship. I left a whole state. I left a whole part of the country. I'm leaving this apartment. I'm taking so many different leaps that feel so damn uncomfortable, but I'm doing it because I have faith and because I trust and because I know that there is something better for me every single time I take a leap. If you can honestly sit here and say that you're doing these things and it literally has nothing to do with you, it literally has to do with divine timing, your person, your partner, that person is out there for you and they are going to come into your life in the right time. It may be that they have some work to do. It may be that, you know, you have to meet them on a certain trip and that trip can't happen until December or that trip can't happen until June of 2022. And in the meantime, you need to focus on yourself. In the meantime, you need to focus on continuing to elevate yourself and continuing to grow as an individual. I don't want us to especially as women and strong women to sit here and put the blame on ourselves when 
we feel like things aren't panning out the way that we want them to and this can go for any manifestation i don't want you to sit here and put the blame on yourself and feel like it's just not meant for me because it's not happening if you like i said have taken all the steps that you feel intuitively called to but yet it hasn't worked yet it's not that it's not working it's just that it is not looking like it's working in the 3d regular world but it is all coming together and will come together in divine time and if you continue to work on yourself continue to trust you will absolutely be rewarded and that's literally what I believe I don't think that in my season that I have some sort of block or that I just am an awful person to be in a partnership with I know the worth that I bring to the table I know the kind of love that I can offer in a partnership I know the kind of mother that I can be the kind of wife that I will be and I know that it takes and it will take a certain type of specific and special and wonderful and just beautiful human being and I say beautiful not just on the outside but on the inside as well I know it takes a certain type of strong willed intelligent caring man to be with a woman like myself and I'm not going to sit here and act like everybody out there is that type of man they're not and if you're the type of woman which I think you are who you're smart intelligent you're beautiful you have done this hard work you are doing this hard work and you're very much worthy of a beautiful and divine partnership it's not going to be you know you step out on the street and it's the man on the street at the corner for you it's not him it's not him okay the type of man that you want and the type of man that will be delivered to you is a is is a whole different caliber of man and in order for us to reap the rewards of having that beautiful divine relationship we essentially need to sit in that place of trust and faith when we know we've done the work and that's really that and and, and it ain't nothing but that at this point you know what I mean so I hope that helped and I hope that gave you some renewed faith that you really are doing what you need to and it's just a matter of time at this point and divine time and that person will show up at the right time for you and you'll know it because you'll just know you'll just know anywho thank you guys this has been a lovely 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 episode I really hope the audio is doing okay I've been like watching it as I record and it looks like the volume is kind of low so I'm praying that it sounds good when I go to edit because we have been recording for like an hour and 10 minutes and it would be really unfortunate if I had to scrap this whole recording so thank you so much you guys for tuning into this episode for listening to another episode of manifest daily for following on instagram for following on tiktok and for supporting my journey and supporting yourselves as well on this journey by listening and following along and doing all the cool things i truly 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 appreciate you guys and i am looking forward to doing another q a episode i really like this i liked answering the questions i hope that you guys found a lot of value in my thoughts and and me sharing my thoughts with you guys i thought this was i thought this was really great so yeah i'm looking forward to the next one and in the meantime my loves feel free to follow me on instagram so you stay up to date and you also know when i'm doing another q a and you can submit your question there also like i said check out the tiktok and the youtube page all the things all the things will be linked in the show notes as usual thank you my loves i will chat with you in the very next episode bye
What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali